my fuck demons. We are back and we are joined again this week by fellow fuck demon Marissa Swinton. Marissa, tell us about yourself. (laughs) Hey, Ray. I am a confident sex and sexuality coach. Um, I'm also a Czech grad lurking, looking towards my certification as a sexual educator. Super excited. We're getting that together. (laughs) And I help women to you know, overcome their shame, um, discover their confidence, discover their sexuality and break down their stereotypes that they've been hit with the majority of their lives. So that's who I am. (laughs) Wonderful. I'm Ray. You all know me by now. But in case you don't, I also am a Shek grad working towards my certification with you, Marissa. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Today's article, Kristen Bell and Dax Shepard are teaching their daughters about sex by emphasizing consent. It's from Insider, October 28th, 2021. Mm-hmm. Celebrity news. I love celebrity news. Um, I don't even <laughs> care about Kristen Bell and Dax Shepard, but I love. I would love to meet a celebrity one day. Kristen Bell and I like Dax Shepard a lot. I've never been a huge fan of Kristen Bell, except when she cried about the sloth. So like that's... <laughs> she was really good at Veronica Mars. She keeps picking very feminist projects. Oh, I never I never watched Veronica Mars. I don't know what it is. She's the kind of actress where she picks these, these like for the most part, when she's, like, the lead of something, it's, like, very much, like, spunky female lead who doesn't take shit for men. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, Season okay. one of Veronica Mars was great. Season three, not so much. Anyway. Yeah. Okay. Celebrity, celebrity <laughs> I news. I just remember Dax Shepard from Without a Paddle, and I just loved him. <laughs> so now that we know Sorry. who these celebrities are, Kristen <laughs> Bell and Dax Shepard have two daughters aged eight and six. Yeah. And this is mostly quoting Dax Shepard about their parenting. When Kristen Bell talks to the girls about the mechanics of sex, do you think he calls his wife Kristen Bell? I hope so. Do you think he looks at her like Kristen Bell? Like every time, like first name. Okay. Back on top. When Kristen Bell talks to the girls about the mechanics of sex, she emphasizes that the person with the vagina is in control. Mm-hmm. When she describes sex to her children, she says, and then the woman takes the man's penis and puts it in her vagina. Shepard said in a conversation with the actor Gwyneth Paltrow, So right away, it's like, you're in charge of this. You will decide to put this in your vagina, not the man puts his penis in your vagina. That was like a little subtle thing like that is like you're in the driver's seat. Bell didn't invent this, but they are making the choice to use it as parents. Shepard says he wants his daughters to have sex for pleasure, not because of social pressure. There's this notion that I've got to protect my daughter's virginity, he said, adding, I do not want my daughters to have sex so that they can get approval from somebody. But if my daughters are horny and want to have sex, that was my favorite activity, remains my favorite activity. I'd be lying if I said I was in any way anti that activity. I'm anti getting esteem from that activity, but that's it. And then they later go on to talk about parenting in general, just saying perfectionism in parenting is not the point. So what did you think of the woman takes the man's penis and puts it in her vagina? I like legit hated that so much. Why? (laughs) Uh, because I don't think that it should be that either partner, male or female or penis or, you know, vagina, penis and vulva, whatever, should be in control. I think it's a decision that you both make together. And I actually really hated that they that it was put all on the the vulva owner at the time, because I was like, that's taking one evil and replacing it with another. I had two thoughts, which is one, it is does give you sort of this better idea of like, you know, when the guy can't find the hole. <laughs> yeah. I was like, it is true. There's this, I feel like a lot of, a lot of young men think that they have to go hands-free and they can't put it in with their hand. Like they have to like hands-free get the hole in thrust. (laughs) Like, especially when they're younger. Or young penis happens. Weird sort of carnival game. (laughs) I was just thinking of this game. Like the the ring toss. Yes, exactly. But reverse. Yeah. Reverse. Yeah. 
Or like that minute to win a game where you tie balls in, in like a nylon around your waist and you got to knock out um, the pylons. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but like, I was like, yeah, we should be teaching like people that it is okay for the partner to physically put the penis inside mm-hmm. the orifice of their choice. And then what was your other one? My other thought was, uh, oh, fuck. Give me a second. Did I lose it already? It was <laughs> put the penis in the vagina. Oh, it once again centered sex around penetration. Yeah. Oh, that's so true, too. Yeah, like this is another one where where we're talking about sex and what they mean is intercourse, sexual intercourse. And another thing I mean that they could be doing as part of this conversation is teaching their daughters that, you know, not only are you in charge of this, but you're in charge of your pleasure. And that's so much more than putting the penis in the vagina. Third thought. I had a third thought. Give me a third. Which is what happens when something uncomfortable happens with one of their daughters and you know he just put you know the guy is more in control of that and this narrative tells them that they're in control and something happens where they're not and will that make them feel like they should have been or will this or will this teach them that to better quickly recognize that that was fucked up i'm wondering Hmm. i mean there's no way of knowing but that was my question point i I do like the idea of being able to better quickly recognize if something is fucked up because there's so many people, there's so many people that I talk with on a, on a regular, on a regular basis that don't know they've been sexually assaulted, Mm -hmm. you know? And I'm like, that's sexual assault. Like you, you've been assaulted, you know? (laughs) And so understanding, you know, maybe where they have been assaulted is, is a really great, that it might be like the beginnings of a real great tool, but I still really disliked that it put the onus on one partner mm-hmm. and not on both. you know and yeah. it's still very heterosexually centered the man yes. puts his penis inside or what was it the man puts his penis it's in his your penis. vagina and yeah. it's not the person can put their body part yet, like you know what i mean yeah 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 i mean because like these girls are what eight and six yeah would it say? yeah so it's like have they have they just at that age have they come out to their parents? Have they decided? I mean, have, it's not a decision. <laughs> like, have are have they are they aware of their sexuality? Where, yeah. That's what I was trying to say. And like, you know, are they aware of their of their of, of their sexuality right now? You know, and some people are, and some people aren't at that age, and that's either one of those are okay. You know, but making it completely around penetrative, you know, intercourse is definitely right. a problem. If you're trying to teach something like how are babies made. A penis goes inside a vagina. Yeah. It doesn't need to be anyone putting anything in anywhere. It can be like the body parts, the genitals involved if you're trying to avoid it. Mm -hmm. But if you are talking about sex and you're trying to teach um, pleasure-focused sex, then that, first of all, I personally believe that we should teach pleasure-bearing people and we can get into that later. But if we are teaching pleasure-focused sex, this also isn't quite the full answer. That being said, as I said, parenting perfectionism in parenting is not the point they end the article with they're just two parents trying to do their best to raise healthy daughters yeah and i i love that i love that you know perfectionism in parenting is not the point because there's way too much mom shaming out there um one of my best friends recently had a baby and she was shamed because she on a forum she asked how soon after um how soon after they um like they had a baby, did they start engaging in intercourse again? And she got shamed like crazy because of it. And um, for asking, other, for asking, for wanting to have sex. Yeah, like the the answer, like the the um, 
the answers that came out are like, how dare you ask this question? Like, you shouldn't even be thinking about that right now. You're a mother now. You're not allowed to have sex. This isn't something that you need to be worried about. Like, you should just be focusing on your baby and like stuff like that. And like, I think that's disgusting. Like, you know, I, I really hate this. You know, this is actually one of the reasons that I don't want children Mm -hmm. are the expectations on on women that your entire life needs to be around your child. And if it's not, then you're doing it wrong. Mm-hmm. yeah what I happened mean, to the days where you set your child free in the yard all day oh my they gosh. walk themselves to school and walk back I, I think I was walking to school by myself by the time I was in like second or third grade it was like a little bit of a distance you know yeah but my mom probably loved it she was like be free <laughs> free range children yeah. I also grew up but I also grew up in a very small town in southern Alberta so it's it's it yeah, it's not like the big city yeah yeah like I was going to max by myself which is like a 10 minute bike ride um, by by the time I was six, Max like so, Max Milk. Um, Max Milk. I don't know what, what do you call it? Was. With the owl? Did it have an owl? Yeah, it had an owl. I yeah, think. we would call. It, okay, so we had one in my area. We called it Max yeah. Milk. I don't know why, but <laughs> okay. Max like the convenience store. The, the convenience owl. store. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that was like the first place I was allowed to bike to alone. <laughs> yeah. What's the Max? Yeah. Yeah. Then where are like I never see them anymore. Actually, it's always like now it's Seven Eleven stuff like that. Yeah. But we had a sub too, so maybe they were bought out. Maybe. Small Canadian living. If you're an American <laughs> listener and you had a Max growing up, please send us a message. <laughs> yeah. But anyway. But um, yeah, so perfectionism in parenting is not the point. And I, I like that they've said that. I also, but at the same token, I really hate how so many parenting, uh, like celebrities who are parents, put out parenting advice. Yeah, it's something I really dislike as well because it makes it idealizes them, um, like they are amazing parents, and we don't know the what goes behind behind closed doors. There's right? also a huge class barrier. These are mm-hmm. affluent parents with pe- mm-hmm. they can afford for someone to come in and clean their large home. They can afford childcare. Yeah, you know, you get to be a well rested, good parent when you can afford those things when you can afford those things and you know the average the average joe and jane can't yeah (laughs) Yeah. well okay so i'm seeing so many articles come out right now talking about how they're talking with gwyneth paltrow i don't know if you know this we talked about this i think on my patreon um so follow and subscribe sexpatreon.com slash sex with ray um gwyneth (laughs) paltrow has her own sex show now and it's just her talking to other celebrities about sex and she's like, I'm not an expert. I'm just trying to have open conversations. And the review that I read of it was scathing. They're like, wow. it's weird. It's like everything else that Gwyneth Paltrow does where it's slightly out of touch with reality. So I get the sense that this was an interview with them on Gwyneth Paltrow's show that's trying to have open conversations about sex. And part of me is like, good for you, Gwyneth Paltrow. And the other part of me is like, stay in your lane, Gwyneth Paltrow. <laughs> yeah, I was just thinking that. Like, I'm I'm not like a huge Gwyneth Paltrow fan. I'm just like... She's you know, a bit out of touch with reality. She is a she's very out of touch with reality. So she she is the celebrity who no longer knows what it's like to be normal if she ever did. Exactly. Yeah. Like, it's like I when Ellen have... tried to do a comedy tour but only did a tour of Southern California. You know? Wait, like, what? Ellen, she tried to do I love so I like Ellen, but um DeGeneres. she tried to do yeah, DeGeneres. And she did a comedy tour called Relatable. And then um, it was all about like how she can still relate to the modern person, but she only, the whole tour was like four areas in Los Angeles and like two, like out, just outside of Los Angeles. Or Not super like relatable, Ellen. <laughs> it was like, mm. <laughs> like, 
doesn't really doesn't really go with what you're trying to do here. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I haven't yeah. seen Gwyneth Paltrow's show. It's just there's part of it. It's like there's so many great voices in sex ed and parenting mm-hmm. that like, why are we talking to Kristen Bell and Dax Shepard? Exactly. Why aren't we talking to someone who's an expert in sex ed and parenting? And that is what I mean. <laughs> yeah. It, like idealizes them as being like these as like the people you should be looking up to for answers and you should like there's no reason you should be you know yeah they like maybe they are great parents maybe they're not I don't know that but they have no right and there's no unpacking of this conversation exactly there's no unpacking of different educators perspectives on that phrase and how it could be improved or how it could be done better or differently while also commending them for bringing it up in the first place and trying to teach you know empowerment to their daughters yeah, like good on them for trying to. I'm super great, you know. Like, yeah, I'm all about like empowering new daughters, but I just don't think we should be getting our sex advice from celebrities. So you and I have both said <laughs> that we don't want to teach children, or rather, we don't want to go into schools to teach children. Like yeah. that's not that's not exactly our game. Yeah. Um, and we're both pleasure. We we both believe strongly in teaching pleasure. How do you mm-hmm. feel about teaching pleasure to young people, even though oh. you don't actually want to do it in a class? wholeheartedly okay what would that look like to you give me a scenario can you give me a scenario like um how would you talk about having sex to a six or eight year old let's pretend that you are Kristen Bell and Dak Shepard and your children have asked more information on how babies are made you're going beyond the sperm meets the egg you're now getting into the genitals going to the genitals okay or the in vitro or this if it was about babies being made, it would be a very different conversation than pleasure. Like if I think the, like if the questions came up while I was talking to them about like why babies are made or like, you know, what were you and dad doing in the bedroom? Why were you praying so much or something like that? You know, like, yeah. um, I would say to them like, well, me and you know, your father were participating in an act that we find that feels really good for us. Um, you know, are there, are there anything that feels really good for you, you know, and kind of ask them questions because as, and when you're a child, when you're, um, people don't know this and they're like appalled by it. Usually when I say it, you start like exploring your body sexually when you're, when you can start doing that in when utero. You're three and four. Yeah. Like in utero, but yeah. I mean, like you're starting to like rub yourself up against things. Um, when, um, like rubbing yourself, purposely rubbing yourself against like pillows and stuff like that. That's a form of masturbation. Mm-hmm. And when I tell people that their four-year-olds masturbate, they get so mad. You know, <laughs> like, I mean, maybe because my mom runs a very successful daycare um, that like ch- ch- kindergartners masturbating has come up at the dinner table at least once a year. Yeah. Like, and so I'd like to just like talk to them about what they, what feels good for them or um, like what feels good and why why it feels good and then i can talk start talking to them about like the like the body parts that make them feel good and that it's okay to feel good um but there's boundaries around it as well you know like we have to create boundaries around it for ourselves and um who's allowed to make us like who's allowed to touch those things to make us feel good and like you know different things like that yeah or even just clarifying like mommy you know mommy and daddy because you're straight so i can say that mommy and daddy are doing a thing that makes us feel really good and this is just a thing for grown-ups and you're not a grown-up so you don't have to do that but there are lots of ways that you can feel good by yourself you know yeah yeah Yeah. exactly like as i get older talking uh when kristen was explaining that when you talk about sex ed 
and you're explaining it to parents and why you teach it to kids, like going over the six reasons why people have sex. One, I don't remember all six off offhand. Kristen mm-hmm. was our head educator, by the way. Sorry. One of them was something like for making babies. And one was connection. One was, you know, like pleasure, right? Mm-hmm. Like they're, like those were all the reasons. Why do, why do people have sex? People have sex to make babies. They also have sex for pleasure. But, you yeah. know, when you're talking to kids, you say, but you're just kids and you don't need to worry about that. And that's something that only grownups do. Yeah. And like explain that this is not a thing for kids. Yeah. Like, I think it's great to explain that, you know, se- like the act of sex isn't a thing for kids, but to make yourself feel good and to masturbate is totally acceptable and it's totally a thing for kids. Yeah. 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 I don't know. Just don't do it in front of me. Thank you. Yeah. Like, yeah. just like be, ha- make some boundaries around it. Yeah. You know, like my mom did, you know, like she, my mom was just like, it's okay to make yourself feel like that. You just have to do it in your bedroom. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, Jack Shepard brings up, uh, there's this notion that I've got to protect my daughter's virginity. Yeah, I love this. I was like, that's amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I love this because my dad, my dad was very much that father who like thought that he could protect my virginity and he couldn't. (laughs) Well, how did that manifest in your life? Um, in what way? Like, how did it manifest in terms of, like, as I was growing up? Or how did he manifest when he found out I wasn't one? Both? <laughs> well, um, let's see. One of my very first boyfriends who ever came over, he was actively cleaning a gun. And um, and then looked at my boyfriend and said, keep your fingers out of where they don't belong. Oh, my God. That's like a TV show. Um, in front of me, my brother... And about four of my brother's friends. And then you <laughs> fucked all of your brother's friends? Like, uh, No. <laughs> but like, that was mortifying, right? Obviously, um, that didn't last very long. <laughs> like, but um, when he found out, it's also like, my mom loves this story. I was um, seeing this guy in New Brunswick. And I was at his house. Um, again, with the stories. I'm sorry. Yes, um, please. This is like. <laughs> Um, I was at his house at like 10 o'clock at night and I was making fettuccine Alfredo or spaghetti or something. And my dad called and there's a three hour time difference. So, um, and he was like, what time is it there? And I was, I was like, oh, it's, you know, 10, 10 30. And he was like, oh, and you're still at this guy's house. And I, was, I said, yeah. He said, oh, don't you think I was 22, by the way. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, he was like, oh, don't you think you should go home to protect your virtue? And, and I said to him, dad, I'm 22 years old. And I've had a live-in boyfriend. Do you think that's still an option? <laughs> what did he say? He said, uh, 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 and then just hung up the phone. <laughs> My dad because I was so yeah, I was so upfront about it. I was just like, "Are you serious? Like, are, do you think that's something you're? You, I'm doing? Like, you know?" Like, my dad was never, like, that obvious about it. He never cleaned the gun, but I think he wanted to. Okay, yeah. Like, metaphorically speaking. Yeah. But I think also my first boyfriend was a total ass, so I think that was maybe part oh. of it. Um, but I, my parents met when they were in high school. My mom was, like, 16 when they started dating. So they just did not have certain life experience, I think, that other people oh, get okay. when you don't get married at 19, which was how old my mom was when she got married to my Ooh. dad. They are still okay. together. But like, I remember being in like high school, early university, something like that, like late teens. And me and my sister just sitting at the table doing something. And my dad comes in. It might have been dinner, probably dinner. My dad just says, "Uh, Ray, 
I see you. You are, you work really hard in school. I see you having like one boyfriend and then you settle down and you get married and you have a really great career and Haley is going to maybe have less of a good career, but she's going to have lots of boyfriends. And it's so ironic because I'm the slut of the family now and I make shit money and Haley is doing perfectly fine and has had one boyfriend her whole life. But my sister and I just looked at him and we're like, I'm like, are you calling me ugly? She's like, are you calling me stupid? Like. There was no way he was winning that one. It's like, that is the worst way to pay him back. (laughs) Yeah, it was very funny though. And then there came a point, I think, later on where my dad just made it. There came a point where my dad just started making jokes about the fact that I definitely wasn't a virgin. But Mm. this happened, like, I think after I moved out of the house. It was after I had moved out. And I wasn't allowed to have, um, you know, like, boyfriend sleepover ever. But my brother was allowed to sneak girls in. My parents were like, he wasn't allowed. I'm like, you never kicked him out for it. That means he was allowed. Like, mm, yeah. um, And I came back from living in Germany for three months. And I had been like long distance with my current husband. So I met my husband before I went to Germany. And before I left for Germany, he wasn't allowed to sleep over. I was like 23 years old. And I, he, if I was at my parents' house, we had to sleep in separate rooms. So Mm -hmm. even though he and I were having sleepovers at his and my place all the time, if we went to my parents' house and stayed overnight, we must be in separate rooms or at least separate beds, one on the floor, one. I was like, this is ridiculous. I go to Germany and come back and all of a sudden it's, he's always been allowed to sleep over. What are you talking about? (laughs) Yeah. Like, what? When did this happen? When did the rules change? Yeah. You're like, I definitely didn't get that memo. Thanks. (laughs) Yeah. But I don't, I don't think my dad was worried about protecting my virginity so much as he just wanted me. To be to a be healthy her. adult who was protected from stupid boys. Uh, my mom was like, my mom was way more um, open to it. Obviously, like the stories I know that I've told you about my mom than my dad was. We, me and my dad did not talk about my sex life ever at all. That was never a conversation that me and my dad had, except for my dad being like, "I'll kill the bitch," you know. <laughs> like, yeah. And but with my mom, it was completely different. Like my mom told me at a very young age, "Do not." by the car without test driving it (laughs) well you want to right well sexual compatibility is so important Mm -hmm. for long-term relationship success exactly and that was her point she was just like do not like do not do that because you are going to like if you end up buying the car and you don't like how it drives you're going to it's going to ruin your life (laughs) You you know how people like to misappropriate statistics all the time yeah, there's this one study that I probably can't find, but there's this one study that says something like people who have premarital sex are more likely to end up in divorce than people who don't have premarital sex. And all I could think was, is that because people who don't have premarital sex don't believe in divorce and are trapped in loveless marriages for a very long time? Or like uh-huh. because they don't believe in divorce, have to find a way to make it work versus other people who are like life's too short. They don't explain why. But, yeah. you know, there's a lot of people who would take that, like, I've seen, like, Christian organizations, and this is why premarital sex is wrong, because it leads to divorce. I'm like, it's just a different value structure. Yeah. Not, people don't, not all marriages need to last a lifetime. No. I hope my marriage lasts a lifetime. Or I'll still leave me. But, like, you know, like. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, Alex. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Drilling in the backyard. Uh, <laughs> he could drill me. No. <laughs> <laughs> Probably later. Maybe yeah. not right now, because I'm on the phone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Leave but. the camera on. Um, anyway. <laughs> I'd watch. It's fine. <laughs> and this is why we teach together. <laughs> Listeners, Marissa and I have never met in person. I think you no. all should know that. <laughs> I was like, I was like,
come on. I think we're going to be like soulmates. <laughs> like definite friend soulmates. We should save up any money we make from our workshops. We should put into a meet each other in person fund. Right now we're at what? $33? Why are we not doing that? We should do that. Great. Let's done. Let's, let's make that happen. That. It's like, this is how we're going to meet each other is when this our workshops make this much money. Yes. I think that's yeah. a great idea. Okay. <laughs> Okay. Who needs to pay our bills? That's what Alex is for. <laughs> I don't have a boyfriend. <laughs> no, I don't care that I don't have a boyfriend. Yeah, no, I know. I, I just, just don't have... I you wish don't I have had. dual income, no children <gasps> this time. It sucks so bad because I'll have so many friends who are like, oh, I can go do this and this. And I'm like, I have to pay my insurance. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we've diverted off topic enough that we should take a short little break. Sure. All right. Okay. <laughs> Very fair. Great news, everybody. Did you miss one of the past workshops that I ran on STIs or even down the rabbit hole on pleasure and empowerment? Marissa and I are gonna be rerunning our workshops as well as two new ones on a pretty much ongoing monthly basis. Head to sharewithray.com slash events to check out when our workshops are available and more information. We're back and we have a listener question. So I want to remind you that I put out a call on my Instagram and the question was, Send me your sex and relationship advice questions for the podcast, right? Like that is what I asked. And here's what I got. What's your kink or fetish? So, Marissa, we like to story share. <laughs> yeah. Shall we answer this? And then I will give my angry thoughts on this kind of a question. What's my kink or fetish? Yeah. Um, and in the in the spirit of creating a vulnerable space where people feel safe to share their feelings and their own sexual perversions, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I really like like I have a big like I get really turned on for like exhibitionist kind of stuff like public sex or like and when I say public sex it's like sex up against the window of like a thirty foot building or like yeah you know in a bathroom stall or hopefully people one could day in you. a change room yeah like people yeah. could see kind of yeah. thing. Not that they have seen, it's just they could see. Is it the, like, trying not to get caught aspect of it, or the fact that you could get caught, or do you hope to get caught? Actually, so, like, this one time I did get caught, and it was really fun. Okay. (laughs) Like, don't want to tell that story? I don't know. Only if you want to. (laughs) Um, I was having, it was, like, the best sex of my life, and um, he lived in, like, a 30-foot, like, apartment building, and we were having, like, sex up against the window, and the apartment building that was, like, kind of like right across from it there was a gym or something on one of the floors and as we were having sex I just saw this dude point out like point at us and like and then call his friends over and then there were like four or five people just like watching us and um, and uh me and him were just like let's give them a show so we like, did like a whole thing Amazing. Uh, it was the it's not like you're ever going to see them again. <laughs> no, I was. I never met them. I didn't see them. Like they wouldn't have known it was me if I like walked downstairs, like fully clothed, and yeah. like walked by them. They would have never known. But like that was really hot for me. <laughs> I was once in a yoga class, and at the end, the very end, the yoga instructor said offhand, "Like I'm so sorry, I was distracted this class. The people in the condo outside that window were having sex the entire time, and I don't think they know their blinds were open and that people can see them." And apparently it had been very distracting to her to leave this yoga class. And I was like, why did she say so at the beginning? So I could have re-angled my mat. Got- exactly. Yeah. Like, it would have been the best. Yeah. I would, I, yeah, I would have loved that. All right. I mean, I, they probably purposefully left their blinds open, honestly. <laughs> yeah, realistically, given that they were on a very busy main street. Yeah. Yeah. Like, 
You yeah. don't just like accidentally, like I haven't anyways, accidentally left my blinds open. This like, was like a 9 a.m. yoga class too. This was like pre-work. Go Good for them. people across the street. Something also. like that. Like, yeah. yeah. Okay. My kink or fetish. Um, fuck. I feel like I have to answer this all the time. I'm going to go with uh, my favorite to talk about since Marissa apparently you've never heard about this one. Splashing is when you combine food with sex. Yeah. So there's what I call low-key splashing and there's high-key splashing. Low-key is like chocolate sauce and licking it off your partner's body or like you know like literally combining any kind of food with sex there's like a carnal hindbrain thing that's like the things that you need to survive food sex and then there's like the secret diary of a call girl version where you you know uh tarp off your house and pour spaghetti down into their pants i love that you know that show sorry (laughs) oh i I, that's actually the first time i ever that was my first time learning the word splashing and the yeah. show presented it in this way that actually looked like a lot of, even then I remember thinking that seems like a lot of fun, um, yeah. but like not the way that they show it there. Like it's not about like the feelings and the textures so much as it's about like, it, it's just like a really fun sensory experience. I think mm-hmm. my stuff tends to like with latex, it's more of the sensory experience with the food. Mm-hmm. It's like that hindbrain combining the sensory experience. And I think that probably answers that. That being said, I want to pivot this into a brief discussion on why asking these kinds of personal questions through an Instagram DM can be very frustrating because I know that you're just jerking off to my answer. You're not interested in learning. You're not interested in learning more about your own sexuality or sexuality in general. You're just treating me like a sex object. I'm not a person to you. Like, go fuck yourself, you know? Yeah. Why Why do people think it's appropriate to DM me inappropriate questions about my relationships or my sexuality just because I'm posting about sexuality like I know that I post my ass I I know why people think like people be like well you have to know why obviously I know why what I'm trying to say here is it's inappropriate don't do it and why do you think it's okay yeah yeah like I it's the same I get the same stuff all the time too and it's like this this isn't you what why is it okay for you to ask this just because I talk about sex One example that comes up a lot that's really frustrating is um, my friends, my female friends will have random men DMing them because they are friends with me or follow my account and asking them inappropriate questions too, starting out with, I notice you're mutual friends with Ray. And let me give you an example of where this conversation always goes. It starts with like, I know, oh, I noticed you're a mutual friend. Have you ever been to Oasis Aqua Lounge? I'd love to hear more about it. Oh my God. Oh yeah. My, my like non, my friend, just my friends. They're not sex friends. They're not play partners. I've never really, there's one friend that I have tagged in things occasionally and it's always her and I working out at the gym, but there's nothing else on her profile or on mine to suggest like she's in the lifestyle or has ever worked at a lifestyle club or is that all involved in any of this kind of a thing. And she, she even came on my podcast to talk openly about sex and talk about how she keeps it private for the most part. Like she'll talk about it with friends, but this is not her life. Like she was the vanilla friend who comes to talk about like, that's the joke. And the conversation always starts out with, uh, have you been to Oasis? I'm so curious. I'd love to learn more about it. Can you talk to me about it? If you really want to know about Oasis, DM the Aquaflirts account. That's what it's there for. There's a woman yeah. answering those questions. And then the question, and I get this all the time too. So it starts with Oasis and then it turns into, can we go together? I don't want to go alone for the first time. And you know that it's not, they're hoping that if I say yes and take them, that then we get to have sex, yeah. right? Like it's the step one, step two, step three. So this is rude and obnoxious. Don't do it. And while I'm at it, do you want to know the most recent person to receive a message like that? The person who hired me to run her cannabis account for Instagram. Yeah. What? Someone DM'd my boss 
Hey, I noticed you're mutual friends with Ray. Have you ever been to Oasis Aqua Lounge? Oh my God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That is so inappropriate. Do you want to know? Do you want to know? Here's a good sign on if this is an inappropriate question. Would you message a man that question? Because you're not trying, you know what I mean? Like it's very yeah. much like I am now trying to sleep with this person. Like yeah. if you would not message or you're just trying to get your jollies off. If you would not message someone who you are not attracted to that question, do not message this person that question. They are a stranger. They owe you nothing. And it is inappropriate for you to be asking. If you're really curious, you DM the Aquaflirts account or you DM the person who's relevant or you just fucking DM me so I can ignore you. Yeah. <laughs> there's so, I mean, I, I'm trying to think now. I'm like, actually, there's quite a few people in my like message requests who have asked me similar questions. They've never actually said that I'm like a mutual friend of yours or anything. But it's it's like, oh, my God, like that's where that's coming from. I can't even I've had women do it, too. Like, um, like queer women have done this to me on occasion. I'm like, this is not okay. Just because you're a woman doesn't make the way you're describing my body. okay. I just had this conversation actually last week um, because I was in a hot tub with a bunch of people and we were all like naked and like our tops are off and stuff like that. And um, and the. one person or whatever was like oh you guys should kiss and it was like no because i'm an actual bisexual like i'm actually like i'm attracted to women on some like on a scale and like i'm not i'm not going to like do that because i know that she's completely entirely like a heterosexual female and i don't want to do that like you know like i know that, that i'm not you're not going to perform your sexuality for this person exactly i was like really i like i don't i don't want to say i was offended because i wasn't offended but it was just like no i'm not going to do that you know and i yeah. had to really kind of like lay it in that i wasn't going to do that you know, like, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I think that there's a lot of people out there who ask inappropriate, like I've asked inappropriate, my, my sister gets mad at me sometimes for commenting on, like we can all be like socially inappropriate. I get that. Mm-hmm. I find it so hypocritical that we live in a world where everyone thinks it's inappropriate to ask sexual conversations or ask sexual questions and ask, con- have conversations about sexuality openly and then don't understand why I am Offended is the wrong word. Bothered by people asking me about my sexuality when I'm mm-hmm. trying to destigmatize the space. There is a very big difference between having a destigmatizing conversation about sexuality and a destigmatizing conversation and trying to create spaces where it is more normal. But you know, for these people, this is not a normal conversation they're having. It's not about destigmatization. It is 100% about so, objectification. So they can just get their rocks off and you're performing for them. Right. So yeah. I've started sending a message saying, for this kind of conversation, you can subscribe to my OnlyFans. And I charge $2 an hour or sorry, $2 a minute for text messages. Do you know what I mean? Like you want to text me, you can subscribe to my OnlyFans and I'm happy to answer questions and you can pay me. Yeah. That's such a good idea. I should get one. I I mean, like it's mostly a way to get people to stop responding. Yeah. Um, But still. Well, it's more like if you are going to ask me questions that are inappropriate because you're jerking off, then you might as well subscribe and give me your money. That's explicitly for that purpose. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, 100%. And then even if not, like, I'm trying to point out that what you were asking for is labor that I will not do for you for free. Yeah, I'm not going to perform for you. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, do you have any feelings about a question? Like, what are your kinks or fetishes? Because I feel like I got really angry when I saw that one and (laughs) didn't. No, actually, it's a pretty similar feeling. I get really annoyed. Um, because I know that, again, I like, I know that it's not, I know that it's performative. I know I, I, it's not out of curiosity, like for their own education, like it's just a performative act. 
you know? Mm -hmm. And I really hate, we've had this discussion before. I really hate performing sexually for people, like, you know, that I haven't chosen to perform for. Me too. Like, yeah. I think there's a lot, I mean, unless you go into it, but even then the people who do it, it's their career. Like any interview with a porn star talks about how they want to be treated as a person when they're not on the clock. Yeah. Like it's, it's that whole like choice part. Like if I've chosen to perform for you, sure. Like that's a whole nother, that's a whole nother thing. But if I haven't chosen, like if I'm, if you're just asking me to perform for you, shove it. Yeah. (laughs) Or pay me. Yeah. (laughs) I'm not your free porn. That's yeah. yeah, I read so many interviews with porn stars that are like, I just want to have regular sex when I'm not on camera. And like, I just want someone to take me for dinner and treat me like a person. And like, Mm -hmm. even people who do it professionally are aware that it is their profession. It is not their real life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I guess that's everything for us today. Thank you all for listening. Marissa, where can people contact or follow you? Um, at underscore Marissa the Dish on Instagram. And Marissa is spelled M-A-R-I-S-A. Join the Deviants Defining Elite. You can join our Patreon for episodes on the weeks that we are not on the main feed at patreon.com slash Ray. Big thanks to all of our Patreon subscribers. Follow us on Facebook, IG, or Twitter at Ray. Submit a listener question through sharewithray.com slash podcast or email sexnewswithray at gmail.com or DM me. Follow me at wifebaitray on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok and Razor Latex on Instagram and OnlyFans. If you would like to find out about my kinks and fetishes, you can DM me for $2 a minute on OnlyFans. This podcast is engineered <laughs> and produced by Dave Meisner and is hosted at sexnewswithray.podbean.com. The music is by Blank and Brilliant and the logo is by Dolly Shock Photography.